me tell you about Anchor by Spotify, which is the easiest way to make a podcast and the app that I use to make this podcast, Five Blue Firefighter. It's everything you need all in one place. First, Anchor has all the tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. If you host off Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple, and many others. Everything you need all in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, download Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. My name is Nick Higgins, firefighter and author of the Five Tool Firefighter book. Each week, we bring you an inspiring message or person to help you become the best version of yourself you could be. This journey is for the long haul, not the short. Now let's start our journey to becoming the best version of ourselves we could be. Welcome back to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. Today's episode is all about trust. We're going to talk trust construction today, but we're not going to talk about the types of trust construction. I'm just going to throw it right out there, right from the start. This episode is not to talk about the types of wood trust construction. This is to talk about why trust construction is very important for all firefighters to have an understanding in. Not to be an expert in, but to have an understanding in. That is more important than knowing every little single component of trust construction. If you have an understanding of trust and understand what it's used for, why it's used, how it affects fire ground operations and how to work around that and identify key areas on the fire ground with respect to trust under fire conditions. More important than knowing every little nuance of the trust itself. It's great to know. And I wrote a whole article on that called All About Trust. My website, the Firehouse Tribune, I wrote it in three parts. I talk about trust. I then get into another article, part two, where I do discuss the different types of wood trust construction in depth and its entirety with pictures. And then in my third piece, I talk about its respect to the fire service, how it's affected the fire service, and what to do in on incidents with trust construction. And that is very important. It's good to know it all. You can go, you can read the article. I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes. But what I really want to cover today is why it's so important, but also what it is, what trust is. And, you know, the first thing we say is lightweight construction has taken over the world. It's taken over America. It's taken over everything because of the cost efficiency of it. And that is one of the two reasons trust construction became so popular was because of the cost efficiency. If you can build this, this wood system, this wood load carrying system that's going to span your floors and keep the roof up off site in a warehouse out of the elements and then put it on a flatbed and ship it to where to the job site where it needs to be put up and keep it covered if you have to so there was a benefit to that and there still is a benefit to that but I'm not here to talk about that benefit because that's for 
the contractors, construction workers out there, worry about that. What we're interested in is why it's so important. Why it's so important to know this? Well, that's the two reasons trust construction became so popular. It became so popular because of its cost efficiency, like I said, and its ability for load carrying capacity that has increased because of how this structure was built. Now, I'll talk a little about how the structure was built and a little bit of load, but that's about it. What we're going to get talking about is its impact it had in the, on the fire service. You know, back five, six, seven years ago, you always hear building construction changed. Building construction changed over the last 20 and 25 years. But reality, when you really step back and look at reality, when that changes, the changes really had started to have an impact on the fire service 50, 60, 65 years ago. And that was with the development of the first part of the structural component, floor and roof truss construction, which both were, and to an extent today, to an extent, are still held together with glue. That was first put together. So this is where it all started coming to take place. And we all understand the basics of wood, wood truss construction, right? The triangular framework that's used for many structural elements. Like we said, the floor and the roof. And that is what's very distinguishable about the truss construction than any other product out there that's being put into a, into a building is you can easily identify truss construction from the pretty much from an airplane because of its distinct framework. And because of it, it, it's also very popular because of its structural efficiency that it has and it's cost effective and it's been used all over the world, bridges and buildings. And we're really seeing this in the building construction area realm, I should say. So talking about residential to start it off, residential uh, construction, wood trusses held together by metal plates. And that's really the primary type, metal gusset plates, as we call them, and are fabricated. Now, these are fabricated in a warehouse, like I was saying, they're fabricated from two by fours or four by six dimensional lumber. And you got to remember the key term I'm saying here, fabricated one, dimension lumber. Trusses are built with larger dimensional lumber. Two by four and two by six is standard. But you gotta remember, you're still gonna find these in custom built homes because the larger dimensional lumber is where you're gonna find it. Maybe the builder wanted it, maybe the, the person who bought the plot of land who's having a custom built home put on it, likes the truss construction look, but wants a larger dimension lumber again, from a warehouse in their home. You're gonna see these a lot in newer suburban development. It's a very popular, popular thing to have. You know, it's aesthetically pleasing. We talked about the roof truss and everything else and, and its ability to hold a lot of load to it. So it's low carrying capacity increases. And why wouldn't it? Well, you know, that's what people want. So people want to, people want to have that, that look and be able to carry um, a lot a longer capacity because they want these big gigantic homes and they want to put all kinds of stuff in it so they need something that's going to hold it up so why not get some large dimensional lumber and make it into truss it's cheaper but we can get into that we can talk about the different components but we're not going to get into that today we're, what we're going to talk about now what i really really want to talk about is how truss construction carries its load 
And we've been talking about it. How does it carry? How does it do this? You know, there's a bunch of triangles put together, held on by some glue or some, some metal gusset plates. Well, how does it work? Well, we all took high school geometry. And simple triangles are stable in nature and all three sides are equal. Simple triangle. Well, what does that mean? Any force applied to it that will be transferred around all three sides with limited movement or change of the shape. Here we go. So, the top cord of the truss is in compression, and the bottom cord is under tension. And that's the top parallel and the bottom parallel. When a system is under what is known as gravity load, i.e. live load, that's how the top cord's in compression and the bottom cord is in tension, is when the system is under gravity. And that's how it distributes load. Very simple to understand. But then we have to talk about redistributing that load because the performance of wood truss, weather exposed outside forces, and we can talk about hurricanes, earthquakes, fire, are attributed to two things, structural redundancy and load redistribution across the floor and roof. And that's found with each truss. So when one truss member fails, here we go. This is what we're getting into. It's about when the truss system fails, everything fails. Well, here we go. When one truss member fails, the load it is carrying will redistribute itself to the remaining truss members. But what we also should know is should one of the truss lose its strength or stiffness, the entire assembly will redistribute the loads through the sheathing and or bracing to the adjacent trusses. We're going to keep going. When a single metal member of a truss is cut, you have now, in fact, compromised its structural integrity. But that not alone will normally cause for a catastrophic collapse. And not always. It won't normally do that. Most cases, the truss will still carry the load. Most of the normal load that has been already applied. Because it's been redistributing that load across the structure. The cut piece of that truss will defect that part of the load and probably have to get inspected for its integrity. But when looking at total collapse of the system, this is dependent on many factors. And a lot of those factors will include the amount of, amount of the load, the span of the truss, and roof and floor integrity, all under fire conditions or not. So it, it's not as simple as if one piece is not perfectly in sync with the rest. But a lot of other things have to go into it in order for the whole system to fail. Yeah, it sounds like a lot to take in, but when you think about that, when you think about the redistribution, the system is made to redistribute the load throughout the system if one piece starts to fail. But it also depends on what is causing it to fail. If it's surely under heavy fire conditions, yes, the whole thing will fail. And we've seen that happen numerous times in the fire service. We've seen it. But if one little piece happens to have a break in it, that wasn't under fire conditions doesn't necessarily mean it's going to fail. We can see that in many different ways. We can go into a structure today and we can see somebody who cut through truss construction. 
to do what? To run alterations to their building. Because this is a part of redistributing the load is alterations to the actual system itself. It's going to alter the load capacity and it's going to um, affect the integrity of the system. And that's what the redistribution load, the redistributing load is supposed to be able to balance that out. That's how it was built, to redistribute the load from one to the other based on what's going on in the structure. Trust systems, getting into a little more building here, are often at times cut or altered to accommodate plumbing, wiring, vent ducts, other fixtures added to the building. And we have seen that. Talk type three ordinary construction for a moment. Talk about trust construction. If you have, or if you have some trust in the type three, and I'm trying to paint a little picture here. You're thinking about, well, think about a strip mall for a minute, and think about trust construction on the first floor. A new tenant comes up, comes in and wants to hide the trust. It's exposed, exposed trust trust system. Well. What were they going to do? They're going to do something to cover that up. What they're going to do is they're probably going to put a drop ceiling in. And depending on how it's being built, they may even take that drop ceiling and have it connected to the truss to hold it up. They might start running wiring through the truss, duct work through the truss, like we were saying. And they might have to make some cuts in the truss to do that based on how, how they have to put this in. So, you're already altering the trust construction. So what's gonna happen is, you're gonna show up to a fire there, hopefully not, never happens, but we know it does, and you're gonna see a drop ceiling. And you might not have known that there was trust under there, maybe there's no placard showing that there is floor and roof trust, which a lot of building code today has to have it. For some reason, maybe you, don't, you overlook it or it's not there. And you look up and you see drop ceiling. Well, maybe you don't know there's trust construction, above it but what's the best thing to do open up and you start seeing heavy fire conditions that system 100% the redistributing of that load has already been has already been redistributed when they altered the truss to accommodate the plumbing the wiring the drop ceiling whoever did that now you've not only had the redistribution of the load taken care of before you got there, but now you're put under fire conditions. This is where the system fails. This is where the system fails. So yes, it was not designed to have, it is a firefighter killer because it wasn't designed to be altered in a way to accommodate other types of loads that it wasn't made for, load capacities, I should say, that it wasn't built for. Built for a, it's rated for a certain load capacity, and you're adding more to it, whether you're doing it from the bottom cord or whether you're doing it from the top cord. And we'll talk about the top cord, adding, adding more loads to the roof, more dead loads to the roof. You're adding AC units to the roof. You're, you're adding solar panels to the roof. You're adding more things onto the truss construction that it could potentially handle. You might not be going directly into the truss, but you're adding a lot more to that structure, then that system was designed to hold. Sure, 
you can have an engineer come in and they can re recalibrate it and maybe add some extra structural components in to distribute that load, but say you don't. Now what do you do? Well, now you gotta rethink your game plan. You gotta start really identifying and be very cautious around working under trust construction. It's very important you do because of stuff like this. So that's what I really want to really want to cover today. It was just really kind of talk about what it is, why it was so why it's so important, why it's so important, why it's so popular. You know, and kind of to talk about the load redistribution to understand that a little bit better. But I also want to talk about how it affects the fire service, which we started getting into. We're going to get to a little bit more. To order to understand the dangers behind these systems, we have to look at how these systems have affected the fire service. Because we're constantly saying, yes, they hurt firefighters, they hurt firefighters, they hurt firefighters. But we have to understand what happened. And over the last 40-some years, the fire service has seen many tragic trust collapses that has forever changed the fire service. And how it looks at not just building construction, but it's, in, it's advancements in understanding trust and understanding building construction as a whole. That's what has happened. That's how it's affected the fire service. And I'm going to list a few incidents that happened that really affected the fire service to have us sit here and want to learn as many things we possibly could about trust and about building construction. The first incident of trust construction was in 1968. The Yingling Chevrolet in Wichita, Kansas, that claimed the lives of five firefighters. Within six minutes on, of arrival on scene, the bowstring truss roof failed. Keep in mind every time I talk about these, what type of truss we're dealing with. The second incident occurred at a bowling alley. Cliffside Park, New Jersey, again in 1968. This was where five firefighters lost their lives when truss roof collapsed. This caused an interior wall, exterior wall, to be pushed out and trapped the firefighters under debris. The third incident occurred at the Hackensack Ford dealership, the Hackensack Ford Fire as we know it, in Hackensack, New Jersey in 1988, 20 years later. This is where bowstring truss roof collapsed and resulted in debris. Buried and killed five firefighters. Well, since this incident, since this incident in the state of New Jersey Uniform Code, they developed a system adding 12 by 6 reflective shape, truss-shaped plaques on the street side of all truss buildings, commercial and planned residential development at the multi-dwelling residences. And it will appear on the sign as if the floor or roof contains truss, F for floor, R for roof. I'm sure everybody knows that today, but just in case people don't, that's what we have. In the more recent years, though, super, so, uh, we had many other incidents that have claimed firefighters. Sofa Superstore, Charleston, South Carolina, 2007, claimed the lives of nine firefighters operating inside the structure which is now known as the Charleston Nine. In 2012, 
a theater fire in Abbotsford, Wisconsin that claimed the lives of one firefighter operating inside of a structure when a bowstring truss roof collapsed. These are incidents we learned from. Many of you probably never heard of a few of them, but these are incidents that have impacted the fire service with respect to building construction, roof truss, bowstring truss. Because it was something at the time for most of these that I mentioned wasn't a wasn't a hot topic in today's world, in their world. It was just a collapse. But when they looked into it, they started noticing common factors. And what was that trust construction? You know, like we said earlier, we're thinking trust construction came around the turn of the millennium. Well, trust construction, like I said, been around for longer than that. And we see as in, in these incidents here, 1968. 1968 was the first two line of duty incidents involving trust construction. But where were these warning signs of these tragic trust collapses? Well, unfortunately, there weren't any. Trust systems of any design, no matter what type of design, this parallel cord, pitch cord, doesn't matter what type of trust system it is, they all have the same characteristics. And what are the characteristics that they all have in common is, well, they use the least amount of material in order to achieve the greatest strength for long spans. And I'm going to say that again. Trust systems all use the least amount of material in order to achieve the greatest strength for long spans. They have similar cross sections. They use considerably less mass than solid wood, solid beam of wood of the same length. Less mass than solid beam of wood of the same length. And what does that do? Well, that is going to result in less result in less inherent fire resistance and can cause earlier failures in fire. Like we were talking, dimensional 2x4, dimensional 2x6. Less mass than a solid beam of wood. Should the truss fail at any single connection, it can cause the failure of this entire system. We mentioned that. It can cause it. And should either the top or cord, top or bottom cord fail, the entire system has that same potential to, to fail. Again, you're working with less mass in dimensional lumber than you are in solid beam of wood. Same strength. You're going to have that same strength. But it's more inherent to fail due to less inherent fire resistance. What else will cause this to fail? Loose gusset plates or metal tooth plate connections on the bottom cord can lead to tensile forces. Well, that will pull the truss apart. Tensile forces. Tensile strength is a measure of the force required to pull something such as a rope or a wire or a structural beam to the point where it breaks. Well, when you snap those plates, you're doing that. Those gusset plates are holding those cords together. A plate that is loose. Let's think about it. A gusset plate that is loose or a metal tooth plate connector that is loose or lost from the top cord will cause any attached web members of the top cord to pull away. So no matter what happens, a top cord plate or a bottom cord plate, if they are loose or break, 
it'll pull the truss apart. It's holding the truss together. Both these situations will greatly reduce the load capacity of the truss. May even cause the system to fail and collapse. And that's what we see. What's going to happen when something is glued together under fire conditions? Glue is going to melt away. It's going to go from that solid state back to that liquid state and boom, there it goes. There goes the, the strength. There goes the connection. And there potentially goes the system. And we talked about alterations. We also have to now understand what you need to consider when working on truss construction. Well, the first thing we have to do when we consider it is your initial size up. What is that you're pre-planning during the construction phases if possible or renovation phases or walkthroughs of, of structures to understand fire alarm activations, carbon monoxide, goodwill calls, to understand the construction of the building and what its makeup is inside and out. There's your first. You should also note the type of truss that is being built, the type of building construction that is being put in, and the materials used. Is it dimensional lumber or is it in fact still true solid wood beam? You might get lucky. 360. Initial 360 risk assessment of the incident before and all interior, interior and roof operations begin is vitally important when working under truss construction. Initial size up, a 360 definitely should be taking place and assessing the risk of the incident before you start sending people in or going to that roof. Taking in a thermal imaging camera to, to, as part of your size up to assist in locating fires in concealed spaces. If you do it outside, 360 again. Keep that 360 in place at all times. Bring a tick if you have to. Walk around the structure and use other firefighters. If it's a big enough structure, one person cannot do it. Use other firefighters to take a look around that structure and see what's going on and continually size up the structure. Just like we do at an MVA when, we're, when we are stabilizing a car and cutting a car, we're constantly sizing up that car. We're constantly sizing up that structure. And the one thing we have to always pay attention to when we are sizing up that structure and watching that structure as the incident progresses and, and, and carries on is paying attention to the structure and to the roof conditions under fire. Always, always, always have a wrap in your venture ready for all circumstances, especially when dealing with buildings of truss construction. Because like we said, if truss is exposed to fire conditions, all firefighters working above or under should be evacuated. Should be evacuated. Should not be working heavy fire conditions under truss construction. If you don't, if you know you can put the fire out, fine. But if you don't understand, if you cannot make that stop or make that push from the truss, the best thing to do on the safe side is pull back. It's okay to pull back. I'd rather go home with a couple, couple scrapes than I do with people not coming home at all. Ventilation. With respect to ventilation, cutting the truss cords is something that has to be avoided and should be avoided at all times, if possible. Like we say, cutting the truss cords does what? It weakens the system. And now if it's under fire conditions, you cut it. Now you, you pretty much gave it's okay to just take a dump. If you're working on the roof as well, if you start seeing truss construction, if you know you're on a roof, that is truss construction, you have to go on there. Avoid working on the areas that have added dead loads. Rooftop units, AC units, solar panels. Avoid it if you have to, if you can. If you can't, 
work with caution, have rope safety ropes on you, have something to make sure. Should this system go, I'm out of here. I'm not going with it. And multiple means of egress. That's the other one thing I was going to get into inside and on the roof of the structure. You can't avoid not going on the roof and cutting holes, but you can make yourself safe as best you can by having multiple means of egress. And the one thing we always have to do on every fire is we have to go in and we have to open up. We have to open up the ceilings. We have to open up the concealed spaces. And we have to do that with fire suspected and trust systems because we have to be able to cut off that fire flow to those areas, to the trust. We have to do our best to go inside and open up the building. That's basic firefighting. Go in through the front door. If that's the door you go in, go in, stretch a line, open up. One thing we need to do though, if we're gonna open up, let's be aware of any possible flashovers or backdrafts. Have a hose line ready, something ready. If you open up, always protect yourself. And that's what it is. That is what I want to talk about today on trust construction. I didn't get into the, the nitty gritty of trust. All the different systems there are, there are many of them out there. You can check out the article on thefirehousebeing.com, all about trust part one, two, and three talk a lot more in depth about it, but this is why it's so important. It's very important for firefighters because it has hurt firefighters. But if we understand the system and we respect the system, we can operate on that system and around that system to complete our tasks. We have to know its pros and cons, and we have to know how it's made. We also have to know what it's done to the fire service. And yeah, we can't sit back and avoid things that have hurt us. Sometimes we have to go out there and we have to be able to understand it better in order for us to get better and to beat it. So if you want to read more, like I said, you can go to show notes, firestribune.com, all about trust part one, two, and three is where it is. If you want to read more and want to get better at everything you're doing in the fire service and in life, you can pick up the book, The Five-Tool Firefighter. I don't necessarily talk too much on trust and error. As a matter of fact, I don't really bring it up too much in it at all, but it's a good way to understand five areas of fire service, of being a well-rounded firefighter, how to lead, understanding the firematics, which is something we're talking about today, firematics, part of firematics, understanding the situation, situational awareness, and that's what, again, if you understand building construction, you understand how fire behaves in building construction, situational awareness is the next step, putting it together, being able to identify during a live scenario, taking care of yourself, body and mind, fitness for duty, and how to be adaptable in today's ever-changing world in fire service. Because one thing we believe as firefighters is we don't like change. We don't like the status quo. So we got to do something. So we might as well try to adapt. If we can, sink or swim. And that's what we got to do. Pick the book up at thefirehousespune.com slash shop. It's on there. You also go to Amazon or you can go to barnesandnoble.com. It's on there as well. Also, keep in mind, I actually am making this announcement again. We are coming out with the workbook edition of the 5-Tool Firefighter. It'll be called the 5-Tool Firefighter Tactical Workbook. This is where you can live the book. The book is now not me telling, talking and telling stories about things, but you actually put, putting that book into your own world. Coming up with your own ways to become a good leader and things you want to be a good leader in and how you're going to have the discipline to do it. And then we're going to get into a bunch of scenarios talking about building construction, 
and answering things on situational awareness, fire ma fire behavior, reading smoke, incident plan incident size up. All different things are going to be in there, but it is vitally important that you can practice it. You can build, have your own 30-day battle plan in there to help you stay on track getting after it physically and mentally. And how to help yourself become adaptable and evolve. So that'll be out later, late this fall at some point. Right now it's currently uh, working in the, um, I guess the publishing content. It will be published by the Firehouse Tribune Publishing. It'll be our, I guess our flagship piece. I mean, the first book was, but this will be our wholeheartedly done by us. So every little piece of this book has been being uh, published by the firehousetribune.com. If anybody else wants to have their stuff published by us, just reach out. We'll be glad to do it. We're starting up some more publishing on our end. What else you can do? You can better yourself. Origin USA, Origin Maine, Jocko Fuel, partners of ours. We love them. We support them. Made in America. No compromise. Like I said in every podcast, I use the products. I live the products. So you can go to Origin USA, Jocko Fuel, 10% off any product you can possibly want. Disappoint Go, Jocko Mole, Krill Oil, Vitamin D, Workout Bag, Kettle Bags, Indian Clubs, Lifestyle Apparel. Don't matter. 10% off with the code FHTribune at checkout, no matter how many times you use it. Fire Department Coffee, another proud sponsor, another proud partner of ours. Click our link on our website, the Fire Department Coffee link, and get some good coffee by some firefighters, veterans, all working to do the same thing we're doing. Benefiting the fire service, benefiting first responders, and benefiting veterans of this great country. Frontline Optics, check out what they're doing. 15% off if you use promo code FHTribune on eyewear. Great, stylish eyewear for us, first responders, on and off the job. Keep it in mind. Check them out. They're on our website or just go to their website and use the promo code FHTribune. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Check us out on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. And follow this podcast, the Five Tool Firefighter. And also subscribe to Station Talk. It is myself and Chief Tom Marciano. Once a month, we talk roundtable or we bring on a guest and we talk some more for about an hour. Called Station Talk, powered by the Fire Tribune. It is available only on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. But this podcast on all platforms. So, if you guys want to be part of this podcast or be part of Station Talk, reach out to us. We'll be happy to bring you on. Let us know what you want to talk about. We'll be there. So, check it out. If you like this episode, rate it, share it, comment on it. Good or bad, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. I'll keep doing them. I'll keep altering them, whatever you want me to do. So, check it out. And until next time, work hard, stay safe, live inspired. to today's episode of the five tool firefighter podcast if you like what you heard and you want to hear more please subscribe to our podcast on apple spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts also please leave us a rating and don't forget to pick up the book the five tool firefighter available on amazon at the firehouse until next time work hard stay safe and live inspired